Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are continuing our journey through, a never-ending journey through Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> ah, we're going to yeah. talk about Chapter 17 this week, The Four Champions. We're 32% done now. Oh, it was almost 30, a third, 31 almost, before, now it's 32. <laughs> Look at us. Just moving right along. How's it going? Everything going okay? Yeah, it's going. Yeah, I feel okay. I just I'm always, I just thought never feel good. Ever. Yeah. But. We're old. Maybe this will liven my spirits. A little pick me up? A little pick me up. Well, last time we talked about Chapter 16, which was entitled The Goblet of Fire. And the delegations from Bo Battens and Durmstrang have arrived at Hogwarts, including Quidditch superstar Victor Crumb, who everyone is fawning all over. Uh, Bo Battens students, they are very upset with the dingy Hogwarts setup. Uh, the Durmstrang students seem much more okay with it. Uh, Ludo Bagman and Mr. Crouch are here for the festivities. We learned that the Tribe Wizard Tournament will have three challenges spaced throughout the school year. We finally get to see the Goblet of Fire. Dumbledore draws a magical age line around it so no one under 17 can enter their name into the goblet. We learned that Professor Karkaroff from Durmstrang is kind of a big jerk and only cares about Victor. Yeah, we were let down by that. I was. Big letdown. Uh, we also learn that Karkaroff has some sort of backstory with Moody, which we're going to expand on just a tiny bit in this chapter. Just give you a little uh, little morsel that there's something there. We learn that Hagrid fancies Madame Maxime Ooh. from Bo Battens, and it's time for the Goblet of Fire to choose the champions from each school. Of course, Victor Crumb from Durmstrang, Fleur Delacour from Bo Battens, and Cedric Diggory. Representing Hufflepuff and Hogwarts. And just when Cedric, you think it's over, Cedric, Cedric. a fourth slip <gasps> of paper shoots out of the Goblet of Fire, floats into Dumbledore's hands. The slip has the name of a seeming fourth competitor, which we didn't even think was possible, at being Harry Potter. What? How can this be? I don't know, Jessica. They said only three. And he's too young. It's the Triwizard Tournament. But there's four. <laughs> but these go to 11. <laughs> you ever seen that? This is Spinal Tap. I've, I I don't know if I've seen it or if I've just heard the Rhino Boys quote it so much that I feel like I've seen it. It's like a fake documentary. It's like the same people that did like the Best in Show and like all those movies. It's like the same group of comedians. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, it's about a, fake group named Spinal Tap, and it's like a fake documentary about their fake band. Yes. Yeah. And All they, seems legit so far. <laughs> and they have a, on their, uh, I guess, amp, they said, you know, most amps only go to 10, but, you know, these, when you need that little extra to like, push you over the edge, they go to 11. And the guy goes, well, why don't you just make 10 louder? And he pauses for, you know, a good five ten seconds and these go to 11 <laughs> why would you make 10 louder when you have 11 that's kind of like when i said it's the triwizard tournament you said 
but we want four. But it's the try. Why don't Why don't you just call it the Quad Wizard Tournament if you want four? Because it was a surprise, Daniel. No one knew that there was going to be four. Well, let's get if into it. If we had told him there was going to be four, then it wouldn't have been a surprise. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Let's get into it. I. <laughs> Harry is shocked, of course, because he never put his name into the Goblet of Fire. Plus the fact that each school is only supposed to have one champion. Plus the fact that he's underage. Somebody thing. But this is his book. He's got to be in it, right? Yeah, it would be kind of weird if they had this, like, big, you know, all in com- taking over the whole school tournament. And Harry Potter is not in the Goblet of Fire. You're just kind of having, like, a little side adventure. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone is flabbergasted. D- all the way up to Dumbledore. We got McGonagall, Crouch. Hagrid's even dumbfounded. The entire student body... Everybody is very taken aback because this is a kind of a big monkey wrench that we've thrown into the proceedings here. Yeah, they like just laid out all the rules. This is how it's going to work. And then, oops, maybe not. But if the goblet chooses you, you come up on stage and you go through that door, right? Yeah, the door. Of course. That's, there's no... Standard procedure. I mean, there was no thought right then and that it comes later in the chapter but no thought right then in the moment that this isn't possible this should this isn't right this shouldn't be correct we have already picked a hogwarts person this kid's under 17 this it was you got your name came out you get up here and you go in this room well i'm sure all of those things were going through all of the adults heads but you don't want to panic in front of the whole student body so i mean dumbledore could have said nah like, okay, come on, Harry, go in the room, and we'll figure this out later when everybody's not watching. He could have just said, nah. No, we can't. <laughs> it's a magical contract. Hmm. He so can't. There you go. There's your He's answer. stuck. I love how Ludo Bagman's reaction to the news is so different from everyone else's in the book. It's like, ooh, what is Slinky Pie? In- including Harry. Ooh. Harry's not excited. Harry's not not pleasantly surprised harry's not joyful everybody else in the book is like what the heck is going on or upset about this except for bagman who's like this is the coolest thing that's ever happened i thought it was she did a really good job here when he walks into that room and he's like the the three champions i'm gonna say four champions the three champions are standing next to the fire they look so big and tall and grown up and they look so important and they think he's just a messenger like mm-hmm. i just thought they, she did a really good job setting up that scene they and all getting seem to that be feeling they all seem to yeah be- <laughs> that well they're about like, to partake in a tournament that might the, they might die in it reminds it does well it does remind me of the hunger games when they the the two tributes get chosen and then they're whisked off into this other room other area yeah just like holding area right before they're getting ready to just leave their life behind probably to die and hop on a train to the other side of the world and they're just kind of like okay well that just happened um and now they're just kind of taking stock of everything that's kind of what the three champions are doing in the room. It, got... it becomes real then. Like they're hoping 
for the honor to represent their school and compete in this big tournament, but they know that it's going to be super dangerous. But you don't have to worry about the super dangerous part until you get picked. I kind of feel like... And the excitement's kind of gone, and the super dangerous takes over. I kind of feel like Victor Crumb's like, default setting is brooding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. So this is just normal for him, and mm -hmm. Cedric is just kind of, you know, he's... I get the impression that he's up to the challenge, that this isn't like overwhelming for him, but it is a big deal. I mean, this is a this is a this could be life changing, you know, money as for prizes. It could also be you know people have died in this thing in the past. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of reminded me when you were saying that. Um, I don't know the character names or anything, but on Saturday Night Live. They have that lady who's from Russia, and um, she's always talking about how, you know, they're, they nearly die every day. Right. It's the coldest place on mm -hmm. earth. Yeah. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. I kind of feel like that's Victor. Yeah, Kate, He's like, Kate McKinnon What's plays new? this character. On, what's new? I might die today. On the weekend <laughs> update of Saturday Night Live. It's just a regular a Tuesday. around her head. <laughs> yes. So it just kind of reminded me of that when you were trying to... To describe yeah. what he was like. I feel like that was him. You when call it like, a global pandemic. We call it uh, Wednesday. Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. We all might die. I, I almost die every day. It's fine. Yeah. It wouldn't be a, a, a day of the week if that didn't happen. So Harry goes into the room with the other three champions. And you kind of mentioned it a second ago. What was really their reactions when he came in? Uh, they thought he was going to deliver some kind of message. Or... Do they want? Do they want us back on the stage? <laughs> like, tell us what to do next. Um, and I just, yeah, I really liked that scene. I think it painted a great picture. Really made you feel the difference between them. It really set them over there better than him. Even though he's Harry Potter and he's the chosen mm -hmm. one, blah, blah blah. But they are older and more experienced. Yeah, he said they were, like, looming. Like, yeah, looming. Like, he said, I never noticed how tall they are uh -huh. before. And Like, they were casting these enormous shadows to make them seem even taller. I felt like, you know, they're, like, high school kids and an elementary kid, basically. I know it's only three years for them, mm -hmm. but based, depending on where you got that three years at, it could be. Well, Fleur, even when we get into a few minutes later, when all the higher-ups kind of come into the room to try to figure out what the heck just happened. Yeah. And Floor is notified that this is not, he's Harry's not here to give them a message. Harry's here to compete. Yeah. His name came out of the goblet. And she's like, this child is going to be competing little with kid? us? This little kid? Little and, kid? And Harry get, takes that very... Wait a minute. Personally. <laughs> you know, I'm only a few years. I've saved the world a couple of times. You know, it's kind of like a senior and like a freshman. You know, it's about that same age gap there. Mm -hmm. But she sees Harry, and Harry is kind of undersized anyway. Yeah, you know, because the, the Dursleys <laughs> didn't feed him very well. He was malnourished. Growing up. Growing so up, he didn't stu hit his growth. Yeah, it stunted his growth uh, significantly. Uh, if he'd been eating it, uh, you know. The Weasleys. Yeah, the, the Weasleys. And you then, said the Rhinos. <laughs> I almost said Hogwarts, but I was like, they, we wouldn't have been eating at Hogwarts until he turned 11. But. I mean, they feed you like, it's like uh, Hometown Buffet, you know, Golden Corral, Sizzler every day, at, <laughs> every day at Hogwarts. But 
Madame Maxine and Professor Karkaroff and McGonagall and Snape and Dumbledore and Mr. Crouch and Ludo Bagman, they're all in the room and they're all kind of trying to process what just happened. And Madame Maxine and Professor Karkaroff feel like like a fast one has been pulled on them. Yeah, he even mentioned like all of the meetings and negotiations. I, I kind of didn't think about that. Like that seemed like new information to me. I know I read it before, but I was just like, oh, there had to be like numerous meetings and negotiations to get this to. I feel like you just get a letter and be like, hey, do you, does your school want to participate in the Triwizard Tournament? Yes or no? Sign these forms. I don't know. I don't see why it was a big negotiation. Well, they kind of feel like we never said that the host school was going to get multiple people. Why? Why do you get more people than we do? We had this all figured out. And Snape is convinced that Harry cheated the system. Of course, uh, Dumbledore is wondering if he made a mistake. McGonagall's is assuring him, "You're Dumbledore." You didn't make a mistake. I think he was just being polite. He didn't want to say, <laughs> I don't make mistakes. But he's like, oh, I'm sure that's entirely possible. So so he's very... His personality is very like, oh, shucks, withdrawn. But if you looked at his wardrobe, you would not get that. <laughs> you would not get that impression. I just, I think that's a interesting dichotomy there. Well, you know, when you're the best, He's wearing the you amazing, have to... Amazing Technicolor dream coat. I think he knew at that moment it was the better soothing tactic mm-hmm. than being like, no, I'm awesome and amazing and I don't make mistakes. Well, Crouch is standing in the corner like a vampire, it seems like. He was, I imagine like he was standing like with half of his face covered with a shadow <laughs> and the other half, you know... I'm like, dude, why are you being so creepy? Like, and and you, he does well. He doesn't feel well. Apparently, he looked very sickly. Probably because he needs uh, human blood. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he's a vampire, <laughs> and he hasn't had any in a little while. And the sun's gonna come up in a few hours. And there was garlic served at the. Oh, that's probably what it is. At yeah. the feast, so I'm sure something a, there had there's garlic. There's a lot on of it. things, and somebody blessed the water a little bit, so it burned him a little bit when he went by. So there was a lot of lot of things. He could be though. Oh, is it possible, Jess? I haven't read much about him, but we're gonna find out he's a vampire later. (laughs) I think we are. We've had werewolves. Uh, We know vampires exist in the in this universe. They do exist. So uh, I think there's a possibility there. I'm gonna hang my hat on that one and come back to it later. Revisit it later. I'll stick a pin in it, if you will. Pin it. And we're racking our brains trying to figure out how this could have happened. Uh, the idea comes up that maybe an older student put Harry's name in, in for him. And out of all the weird things that were tr- attempted in order to get past that age line, it never occurred to me that they could have just gotten one of the older kids, like, slipped him five five bucks or something like that and just had them put put their name in like why didn't the weasleys just do that like hey man we'll give you some fireworks we'll give you some uh some some of these wizards wheezes and i don't know uh maybe the older kids like didn't want to get in goes trouble up like 10 times <laughs> or maybe the that was part of it like the weasleys wanted to figure out how to do it themselves that was like 
the cop-out easy solution. Well, sometimes the easy solution is the best solution. They wanted to solve the problem themselves. So, I mean, that never even crossed my mind as a... I'm thinking, like, all these, like, magical ways that they could get around it. It never occurred to me to just... <laughs> it's, older kid do it's, it. Or it's just like the... Uh, you see in, like, the old movies where, like, they get, like, some homeless guy, like, give him five bucks to go buy him beer. Mm. <laughs> For, like, the the party, like, right before the shenanigans ensue at the high school party. You know, they could have, like, uh, you know, slipped, uh, you know, one of the... Uh, maybe, though... Custodians or something. Maybe <laughs> most of, of the older kids... Wanted to put their own name in, and they wouldn't want to put more names in because that's more competition. Yeah, but like, what are the chances? Like the Harry got picked. Yeah, but <laughs> his book. <laughs> oh, this isn't like uh, Johnny Same Face so, and the so George <laughs> and walked the up to of, an old in the goblet of fire. So George walked up to an older kid and said, "Hey, man." I'll give you this fistful of fireworks, whole bag full of fireworks. Put my name and my brother's and name like, in no, there. No, man, I'm really holding out hope that I'm going to get picked. I'm going to get it. And they go, but wait, it's not my book. And the guy <laughs> kick, the guy goes, oh, okay. And, like, and they go, listen, Joe Smith, you're not going to get picked. Like, let's be honest. You're kind of like a C student at best. You know, you're, you haven't even been in this book up until now. Your name's not going to get picked. And you go, you know what? I'll take the fireworks. You're right. <laughs> or just make another trip back with like a mustache on. <laughs> Some Groucho Marx glasses. So nobody recognizes that it's you. Yeah. But I just didn't even think that, I didn't even see that as an option. I just didn't know why the Weasley boys wouldn't just do that. Unless, like you said, they just saw it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. So this scene with with everybody in the in this little side room with a fireplace, of course, because every room in Hogwarts seemingly has a fireplace. It's a castle. That's a lot that's of cold and drafty. They don't a, have central heating and air. That's a lot of like chimney um, ductwork. Ductwork to have. Like they probably got a good guy to like come in and and do that. Yeah. That be able to do that if every room has a a fireplace in it. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you're just risking. I think that's risking, just like you know, smoke inhalation. Standard castle architecture, though. Maybe I don't know. We gotta have a maybe have a castle builder call in and yeah. let us know. Well, roomstix.butterbeer at gmail.com. Just from being an avid fantasy reader, it seems like standard. If you have a castle, every rooms has to have a fireplace because otherwise you're freezing to death. And and me as an avid fantasy football player. I can tell you that that relates to this not at all. Fantasy football? Yeah. Yeah. To this. Well, it's a sport and the tournament. You think there's fantasy Quidditch in the wizarding world? Probably. You think so? Yeah. But it can't be with computers, though, because... No. For some reason, wizards can't process the internet or Wi-Fi. Yeah. But it's probably like... Like an app or something? No, no, not like that. <laughs> like a charmed piece of paper. 
and the whole team has one, and they can write on it, and then it shows up on the other ones and mm-hmm. stuff. It's probably something Put like in that. your galleons, and then you... Mm-hmm. I'll take Victor Crumb. It's my number one pick. Uh, you're, you don't get the number one pick, though. Why not? Because I spun the wheel, and your name didn't come up first. Oh, man, then I'm going to get Johnny Same Face. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. I don't want him. <laughs> All right, so... Snape, of course, uh, I mentioned a second ago, is is very anti and he always thinks Harry's up to something. Like, seems to think that Harry... He, he always seems to think that Harry can do these things that, that would should be impossible for a kid his well, age. Of course do. Harry can do it. If anybody can figure it out, it's Harry. He's a pro at so, breaking the rules. So isn't that kind of a like a backhanded compliment to Harry that he... He, this has happened in every book. He he blames Harry for, of course, I think Harry did it. And everybody's like, there's no way that a first year or a second year or a third year could have done mm-hmm. oh, something yeah, like, like that. Oh, yeah, like jinxing the cat. Yeah. And... yeah. But isn't that kind of like a backhanded compliment from Snape that he has such high thoughts of Harry's ability that he would be able to do something like this? Yes and no. I don't know, because I don't know that he truly knows what Harry's capable of. Like, he doesn't have experience, especially when it first, you know, he first came as a first year. I think he's basing it off of his experience with James. So maybe he's, he maybe he saw James as a very capable wizard and thinks that the apple doesn't far too fall for, far from the tree. Or maybe he saw uh, Lily as a very... You know, maybe he has such high regard for Lily that he thought that, you know, you know, the good parts of Lily got, you know, the, the capable parts of Lily maybe got passed through to, to Harry. I just think it's it's odd that, oh, Harry did it. And they're like, dude, there's no way <laughs> that this kid could have done what you think he's like. You couldn't do that. You couldn't have done that. How could he have done this? It's more mistrust than blind faith in his abilities though it's just like it's kind of i don't know i don't know how but he did it it's got to be that way well i i see that as a kind of backhanded compliment if i was harry i'd kind of get snotty about it it's like i appreciate your confidence in my wizarding abilities but i did not put my (laughs) name name in the goblet of fire or jinx the cat or all the other things uh, Moody comes in the room, and he is less curious about how Harry's name got in the goblet, but rather why Harry's name was in the goblet. And of course, it's probably because Harry can't go get through a school year without somebody trying to kill him. Yes, like he, it's not even a a thing for him. He's like, of course Harry didn't put it in there. Of course nobody put it in there. For, no, he didn't have an older kid put it in there for him. Somebody else put it in. A powerful, dark, powerful wizard who wants to murder Harry. Yeah, and like, he, had he this just whole, went straight there. He had this whole story too, like, well, he probably put Harry's name on with like a, a different school name mm-hmm. because maybe the goblet can only process one name per school. Yeah, so he said he put like a fungus charm on the cup to confuse it, 
and like make it think, make it forget, I guess, that they had set it. I don't know if there's dials and settings on the, the cup, but that they'd set it for three schools and now there was a fourth school mm-hmm. with Harry being the only entrant from, for, from the fourth school. But this is a super powerful magical object, right? Yes. So it would have had, it, it couldn't have just been something that like a kid put a, yeah. you know, a goofy charm on it. To, to get, I mean, because we saw what what happened when the kids tried to get past the, the age line, and this is a very seemingly very powerful magical object, kind of like the Sorting Hat, and that they trust the Sorting Hat to do its to, job. To do its job, and and, and and it's you don't question the Sorting Hat. Mm-hmm. You put, you know, we use this Sorting Hat because it is it is very powerful. It is very it is very uh, up on the you know the the magical happenings in the world and it seems that you know the goblet of fire is kind of maybe from that same cut from that same cloth so moody is basically saying that there's no way that a kid could have rigged it this way this is somebody doing some very powerful magic and that's what you guys need to be talking about here you guys don't need to be talking about why harry's uh or how Harry got his name in there, or how his name came out. You need to be talking about why this is happening. There's something else going on here that you guys aren't talking about, and you guys are just worried about your little tournament. And granted, it's brought up that Moody is always worried about somebody trying to kill him. You know, it wouldn't be, I think Karkrop said, it wouldn't be a regular day unless Moody had come up with six different ways before lunchtime that somebody was going to assassinate him or... Something like that. Yeah, they they just kind of pull out the crazy card and try and play that. Like, yeah, well, you're nuts. So, so everybody kind of has their opinions voiced, and then we have, of course, we have Bagman who thinks it's just the greatest thing in the world. Big fan. Big fan of Harry's, apparently. Big fan. And just just a big fan. I mean, we know he's a former Quidditch star, and he's just a fan. Of, he's pr- probably just like a fan of games and sports, yeah, and this just just made it more interesting. Yeah, like the yeah, just the game just got more. There's more possibilities. It's like if you were watching basketball, and then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter comes around, and oh, what's that extra basket up there? Oh, that's the twenty-five point basket. If you get it in there, you get what? What? This is amazing! I didn't know that was coming. That would be exciting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because that could change the whole dynamic of the game. And we know that Bagman is probably, it's not mentioned, but he's probably going to have some uh, some some bets going on in this thing, too. Yeah, it seems to be his thing. And when you've got four participants instead of three, that just opens up a whole another you know, area of potential betting mm-hmm. that could be going on with this. See, Daniel, you got all that from the setup chapters, remember? Remember the setup yeah. that we went through? Remember the ten months of setup we went through? <laughs> and in case you're uh, listening to us for the first time, I didn't say setup incorrectly. Uh, it is an inside joke uh, that involves my brother that you will need to go back and listen and to the other all shows all of our for. listeners now. And find out what Seta is referring to. Jennifer, I don't know if we mentioned it. After we had that episode, Jennifer had to bring it up at at our 
weekly, weekly trivia, trivia online with, event. Yeah, with my brother. And <laughs> he's, he's just he like, was, she was so excited. Seta, Seta! Yeah, and he's he's upset about it. He doesn't, doesn't take jokes very well. No. no. <laughs> uh, me, on the other hand, my whole life's a joke, so... <laughs> You know, I have to laugh just to keep from crying. Uh, dog is squeaking, of course. We took uh, away many of his squeaky toys. He has found yet another one. And he usually only squeaks it when it is time for us to record. So we're going to try to... That's not uh, true. He squeaks all the that's time. That's not true. <laughs> we're going to try to power through this. Uh, Karkaroff, in a callback to last chapter, immediately reacts negatively to the presence of Moody. So Jess... This was just a little snippet, a little morsel we got in this chapter. But there's obviously some backstory here. Someone stole the other girl's, the, or the other one's girlfriend at boarding school or something like that. There's something going on here, right? Mm, there's something going on, but not that. <laughs> that's just what it... Not that. That's just what... Whenever I think of drama like that, and from like two old dudes it's it's it just reminds me of grumpy old men <laughs> you know didn't one of them steal the other one's girl like way back in the day or something like that yeah married her had kids the all, yeah, all the that the, the pretense to that so that's just kind of what it what it what i think about well like i said moody says that you know there has to be a some, you know powerful magic at, at work here and there's this line by moody that i wrote down that kind of uh, alludes to that issue that we had with Karkaroff. We didn't find, we don't find out about it, but we know there's something there. Uh, Moody said, "There are those who will turn innocent occasions to their advantage. It's my job to think the way dark wizards do, Karkaroff, as you ought to remember." Dum dum dum. What's that all about, Jess? No, I, I do. I do know. I know. It's just like I. I think that's. I don't know. That's pretty. That's a pretty cool little side story that I'm interested in getting, fi finding out what's going on with. I think it's. I think it's really got potential to be interesting. That you, there's this backstory here, and we're just getting little bits and pieces out of it. I think that's kind of cool. So when the reveal finally comes, that it'll be you know pretty satisfying. I hope. But I. I like not the letdown because he's been a letdown for you so far. That's true. Well, he <laughs> uh, not a letdown. He's he he hurt my feelings a little bit. I thought Aww, he was going to be. I thought sorry. he was going to be. You know, kind of this like cool like cool teacher uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, mentor. Yeah, just a uh, you know kind of like I mentioned before, kind of like the hippie, you know, friendly older guy who just just hang loose, man, just just chill out. But no, he's just kind of a jerk. And it turns out that there was something with him and Moody in, in years past that I'm, I'm really anxious to, to learn about. And I think it's cool that J.K. Rowling can kind of have all these. I don't even know how, how, you would, how you would go about like outlining your book. Um, you wouldn't be able to do like an outline format if you've got all these different storylines going on. It would have to almost be like a web you know, like a brainstorming web where, like, the different parts branch out into other bubbles. And this person's connected to this one via this line 20 years ago or, or whatever. I won't even, like, know how you would build a universe like that and, and even begin to comprehend how to keep it all Well, I think you'd have, like, like you said, you'd have, like, your, your main line, your story arc. And then, like, each individual character would kind of have each... 
each character that's getting their own little subplot would have one too. Seems like a lot of sticky notes. A lot of sticky a lot notes. Of sticky notes. <laughs> Definitely. They're keeping the the post-it people. She's keeping kept the post-it people. <laughs> Do you remember when I covered the wall with post-it notes? Yeah, that's you were trying to solve a murder though. <laughs> no, it was not. Well, there was murder involved in the story, but <laughs> you had red twine. Like you bought a, you no, were really into red twine for a little while and push pins. It was no, a weird time. I just for, for had sticky notes on the wall you got behind really the into door. True crime dramas. You're talking about going to law school. No, <laughs> this you're confusing me with something else. No, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. No, it's the just red twine writing was, a uh, book. And... A, the red twine put a damper on our, our finances there for a little while. Uh, we had a hard time making some of the bills get paid because you were investing so much of our uh, income in red twine and push pins. I didn't use any of that stuff. Just sticky notes. Uh, there's the, the... Different colored sticky notes. The gift from charlie from always sunny in philadelphia what's whenever if you type in conspiracy theory to like your gift search it's him in front of the wall with all the sticky notes on it he's just waving his hands like frantically like trying to explain it that that was you i had different color sticky notes for different characters and i had to like match them up and get them in the right order of events and yeah it's complicated i think i only had like three characters that i was juggling well, we're, we're moving onward. No matter what people are complaining about, no matter what people how, how people are objecting to Harry being in there, there's no way around these rules. These are, like you said, a magical contract, and this is something that... I don't know what would happen. It's not discussed. Like, if Harry doesn't compete, will the cup, like, suck his life force out? Oh, or my goodness. <laughs> would he start to fade? Like, back to the future? <laughs> yeah. And then have to go back and... Uh, play the uh, enchantment under the sea dance um, yeah and make sure his parents uh fall in love fall in love and i'm in i'm in for a little uh little fan fiction there a little back to the future uh, harry <laughs> what Potter if crossover. harry didn't participate in the tournament what if he played johnny be good at the <laughs> enchantment under the sea dance and that's how mark Chuck your bingo Barry cards folks figured it out uh, the first task, so there's nothing we can do about it. Might as well go talk about the rules. Uh, we're not, we can't add members from other schools. That's what the other ones were saying. Uh, I think no, the uh, cups all, it turned off. Karkaroff was saying, uh, "Well, I would have brought better people. Like if I knew, <laughs> if if he could have brought younger people, then like, he would have brought better. Like I would have people. brought better I people. Like I more people. I basically just bought brought Victor Crumb and like." The ten closest people that were standing, you know, closest to the the bus <laughs> to hop on, because I just needed bodies to make it look like that it wasn't just Victor. Know. Yeah, yeah. But come on, we we knew like it, was it wasn't just Victor. here for Victor. But I really would have brought like my second and third best, you know, students. I wouldn't have just brought these randos. Maybe he's got a son that didn't meet the the age requirement. He would have liked to brought a brought Junior along. Well, the first task is designed to test the daring. I like how they're like, let's tell you about the first task. We're not telling you about the first task. <laughs> let's say it. And the first task is going to test your courage. However, we can't tell you what it is because we need your real reaction to show your courage. Yes. 
So, so uh, it's going to happen November 24th, though, Jess, right yeah. around Thanksgiving time. Nice. Got and, some time to prepare in, for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. In front of the students, in front of the judges, armed with only their wands. And we'll tell you about the second test, Jessica, when yeah. the first test is over. But oh. not right now. Okay. And... and that seems logical. Don't tell me about the second one before I even do the first one, because then I'll just be thinking about the second one. How about this, though? People that are participating don't have to take the end-of-the-year test. That seems a little odd. I mean, I don't feel like the tests take up that much of their time, especially with Quidditch not being played. It's like, you're going to need to focus on this, though. You... No one believes Harry didn't put his name in the goblet. Not Cedric, not his fellow Gryffindors, and not even Ron. He thought Ron was going to believe him, and Ron did not. Well, That's the, sad. The Gryffindors are having a huge celebration in the common room for Harry, but Harry's just not really feeling it. He's still well, kind of he trying to process. he just found out somebody's probably trying to kill him. I mean, doesn't he kind of know that, though? That's kind of been, like, the going... Well, but they're, they're, they're like, everybody's celebrating. Yay, you're in this tournament, it'll be great. And he's like, nope, you don't understand, I'm in it because somebody wants to murder me. But isn't there somebody always trying to murder him? And he had, like, his scar was hurting, and he saw that Voldemort was, like, plotting to kill him. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, for those of you, yeah, yeah, there you go. There's the more dog toy shenanigans <laughs> going on here. You can have it back in a couple minutes. And well, then, and then well. you, can just be, you can just be annoying as you want. Really? I mean, isn't he always? There's a gentleman walking down the street with a enormous case of uh, alcoholic beverages. <laughs> I right saw now. that. He just walked to the <laughs> convenience store and he's walking back. And it looks like he's got his evening all planned out. All so. planned out. Uh, well, it's a little chilly. The rain's rolling in. There what were, else is uh, there to do? Uh, the butterbeers were flowing yeah. in, the, in the common room. But uh, like I said, Harry is just kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. Just wants to head off the bed. Does head off the bed. And we have a little interaction with Ron at the end of the chapter. And Ron is... He's not upset that Harry got picked. But he's upset that Harry didn't tell him that he was entering his name into the Goblet of Fire. And if Harry did figure out a way to put his name into the Goblet of Fire, why didn't he also put Ron's name in? Is that kind of the what you got from that? Yeah, it was a little all over the place. Like he was just kind of mad to be mad. I didn't get the I didn't get the impression that he was jealous. I got the impression that he felt left out yeah. of the proceedings. Um, he also mentions the money, and I know money's a sore subject with him, especially between him and Harry, because Harry just has an endless supply of money. So why would he need the the prize money? But, um, whereas like Fred and George or Ron had won the prize money, it would have seemed more fair to him, I think. Because they need the money. Mm -hmm. So we've got some, uh, you know, chinks in the armor of that friendship there at the end of the chapter. So I'd be curious to see how that is going forward, because if Harry is going to be able to navigate not only the physical task, but also the emotional weight that this Tri-Wizard Tournament is going to take on him, he's going to need his support 
crew. He's going to need his, you know, he's going to need his best buds. And if they're on the outs, that's just going to make it even more difficult for him. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of chapter 17, The Four Champions. Uh, anything you want to add about that? I know you and I talked uh, about a pet peeve of our friend Kelly's that uh, comes up in this chapter in relation to the movie. Uh, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Um, yeah, Kelly really, really doesn't like this part in the book because of Dumbledore's very over-the-top extreme reaction to Harry's name. In the movie. In the, in the movie, yes. Right. Um, when, when Dumbledore, like, he just kind of flies into that little room and grabs Harry and, like, shoves him up against the table and is, Harry, did you put your name in that cup? And he, and you quoted it earlier today with the... <laughs> and it said calmly. Calmly. Was the adverb that <laughs> was used. And she just, that's very out of character for Dumbledore and she really dislikes it. Um, I don't think she likes that Dumbledore at all, though. Like that the actor. actor. Yeah. Mm. Did the first one die? Or did they just, like, replace him with a cheaper actor? <laughs> I think You can't really get mad if, like, the other guy dies. I think he did die, but I don't think it was why he was replaced. Like, I think feel like he was replaced, and then shortly after he died. But So maybe he was in ill health. Mm. And gotcha. didn't want to commit to all these other movies, or maybe somebody said that behind the closed doors, like, "Listen, this guy's not going to make it eight movies." Why do you think they changed it in the in the movie? Just to make it more dramatic. Because it is a bit out of character for Dumbledore. Yeah, he's usually just very. I mean, he usually just lets Harry do whatever he wants, and then gives him like a thousand That's points at the end of the year. True. And, you know, House Cup to Gryffindor, one million points. Kind of just lets Harry go back in time and, you know, battle in the in the, the chamber of secrets and, you know, go gallivanting around the forest with unicorns and minotaurs and dark lords. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say about that. Like, but you got into the Wizarding Olympics. How dare you? How dare you? It's your book, so we all need. Wonder how J.K. Rowling felt about them changing it while she was swimming in her Scrooge McDuck money. Yeah, she just let <laughs> me count what happened. I was. She, I lost she count. She da- dabs her tears with hundred dollar bills. Oh goodness. Uh, anything else you want to add about that? Because we do have an email. No, let's, let's roll on to the email. All right, the email uh, sent to us at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com comes from Amy in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Tuscaloosa? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sweet home Alabama. Alabama. Woo! Amy's coming home to you. Oh, I think she's probably already there. Uh, Amy writes, if the Triwizard Tournament was held at one of the other schools, what would the Hogwarts entrance be like? So the Durmstrang crew came in from a magical whirlpool in the lake Mm -hmm. on a pirate ship. Yes, that was a nice entrance. The Bobatons crew came in on a a flying um, 
It was a carriage, carriage pulled by pulled ginormous by, Pegasus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Pegasi. With <laughs> giant, with, ri- with red eyes and, I don't know, they're kind of mean looking. Yeah, so possessed Pegasi. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, how would the Hogwarts contingent have showed up, say, it was at another school? I, I did give you this email a few hours ago, give you some time to think about it. Yes, I appreciate that. Okay, so my first, first instinct was a very similar Bobatons where it would be a carriage pulled by the Thestrals like we have, have it, like bring the kids to school off the train. That was my first idea and it would be like magic to be bigger on the inside, you know, like they're very similar to their carriage. But then I was like, no, that's too similar. And I thought about it again. Of course it would be the train. The Hogwarts Express is so iconic, it would have to be the train. Um, Maybe it would be slightly altered, or maybe it would just be the engine and a different couple of cars behind it. But it would would have to be the train. So you say they'd be leaving on a midnight train to Durmstrang? If that's where the tournament was, yes. And even on that midnight train to Durmstrang. Leaving on the midnight train to Durmstrang. Do it with me, Jess. Woo! Woo! I had my mouth full of soda. I was not prepared for that. I appreciate you participating. But I, I, I appreciate you participating. I like, I, I, I don't knock the hustle. I like the effort. Um, I was thinking, like an enormous broom, like a broom that they could <laughs> all ride. All right. <laughs> but where are they gonna stay? In the inside the broom, so like the, there are living quarters. The 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 grassy part. Yeah. The, well, there's in the in the, the the stem too. There's like little living quarters, and then in the the uh, uh, what are the uh, bristles? In the bristles, the bristles yeah. there is like a big com- like a big like cafeteria area. <laughs> so it's a it's an enormous rocket powered broom. Nice. Like shoots like flames out the back like the Batmobile. Uh, so there's that. Or, or, okay, so the Whomping Willow. Yeah. They're all inside, they're all like in the branches of the Whomping Willow, and the Whomping Willow just comes, doom, 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 just comes walking just, up. Just like pulls its roots out of yeah, the ground. Yeah, just pulls its roots out of the ground. Walking. And grows big feet like Lord of the Rings with the walking trees. Uh-huh. And it just like goes stomping up the derm string and just like starts throwing people. Just starts throwing the Hogwarts people like down to the ground and they're just like coming in. That's very violent. It is. The Whomping Willow is, is very violent. Um, or or um, maybe uh, the, Mr. Weasley can hook them all up with flying cars. I think a fleet of flying cars would be pretty dope. Yeah, but those are illegal. Whoa. We're not supposed to have those. But what if it was for a big special entrance <laughs> to the Triwizard Tournament? Mm, I don't know. Because you got to worry about the muggles seeing it. Okay, a big broom that they could all ride. <laughs> and inside... Oh, I already did that one. Yeah, you did that one. Yeah. That was the, that was the beginning. Yeah, I like it. I like all that. I, I, I'd be on board with any of it. Probably the tree one. Um, if we could get the tree like on some uh, 
um, some you know calming medicine or something like that, just to like take him down a notch so he's not. But doesn't need to stay there and guard the the secret passage. Who's gonna do that? Okay, so a giant broom, and inside <laughs> you the broom. That. <laughs> so that's uh, those, those are some good options there. So thank you, Amy, in in uh, Sweet Home Alabama, mm-hmm. where the skies are so blue. Sweet Home Alabama, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord, uh, we're coming, bringing our podcast home to you. Oh, there you go. So thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. As we talk about chapter 17 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. almost forgot what book I was reading here because I still have COVID fog, uh, brain fog. I had to pause the podcast a few times to think of words to say. But uh, that's the the state of, of life right now as we record here in 2021. So hopefully, as the world is hopefully returning to some sense of normalcy we can give you a little break from the nonsense and the shenanigans and the fred and george like uh tomfoolery that's going on in this world right now and uh give you a little reprieve from that with uh this little podcast with jessica and i that being broomsticks and butterbeer and you can follow us on twitter at broomsticks b uh, you can follow Jess on Twitter at Jess Rhino, J-E-S-S-R-Y-N-O. I'm at Dan Rhino on Twitter. Uh, Jess, what are you reading right now? Um, I actually, I was going to say nothing, but I did start a book today. I'm reading King of Scars by Leah Bardugo. The sequel is coming out at the end of the month, and I had kind of put off reading this one till the sequel was coming out so that I could read them back to back. Um, also, it's part of the series, it's like a spinoff of the series that is going to come out on Netflix as a TV show next month, Shadow and Bone. So, exciting. Exciting things. Well, I am reading Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and we are out of time. (laughs) We're never out of time. Until next time, I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we will see you then. Bye. Bye. Yeah,